back at the Western Hunting Expo, and I got my boy, actually my two boys, in the in, in, here with the podcast, Derek Harris. How you doing, dude? The Harris Good, brothers. The Harris brothers. Good man, just catching up after the season, long season. You guys ran hard. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. It was busy. These, these two kids have killed more big things than I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you guys are. Uh, tell, t- t- first of all, I I feel like I've been there since the beginning. As far as the, the, you know, you were working for a lot of reputable guides at the time. Yep. Kind of juggling. You knew what you wanted to do. As far as services, as far as being a guide and getting people in a position to kill big animals not you know but yet you encountered outfitters that were not doing what they said or promised no and that puts you in a bad situation yeah and i took what i learned from them and i am where i am now yeah Yeah. so you formed south peak and how long has that been this will be my fourth year now Yep, three years ago. And this guy has killed more ibex than probably anybody in the world. Alive? <laughs> Have you still not drawn? Nineteen years putting in, haven't drawn. The guy that has been involved, been a part of more ibex hitting the ground. I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, oh, Colleen Payne. Colleen, we yep. did a, a deer, a mule deer foundation podcast. She's like, there's nobody that has been involved in more. Ibex hitting the ground than you. That means how, a lot, How many man. did you get this year? I think we killed six this year. We had five youth hunters, and I think we tagged out all five. So no, five. we had Children. four youth hunters, and then the Me, two muzzleloader which hunters. Which I'm also a child, so yeah. even though I'm 28. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I appreciate the fact that you've already embraced that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start. Uh, I've been putting Avery and Charlie in. They didn't draw this last year, but we're going to put them in again. Because nice. we go there for Christmas, right? Yep. And that starts January 1. Perfect you know what timing. I love? You know what I love about Derek? Derek knows how to take care of you. Oh, yeah. Derek will pick you up from the airport. He'll put you in a good spot. He always gives you a shot. And all day, no matter what, he makes sure you're happy. Well, I will say this. Um, he'll walk your butt in the ground. Um, so I have a little <laughs> bit different. He takes you up the... the you got to put it, your boots it, on, that's it, for sure. In my opinion... The, <laughs> you can't make it that easy. The first, he makes it pretty easy, but you can't first, make it that the easy. The first year, in, uh, we went Ibex, and he goes, okay, I think we're going to hike up this way. And I just remember going, okay, and I, my pack wasn't that heavy. It was maybe 50 pounds, right? Yeah, maybe. 40, 50 pounds. But we going up, we start working up that way, and I just remember, I think I got a yuck. I'm staff in one hand yeah. and, you know and then you a got tripod two you need two yucca staffs by the time we got up there it's dark it's pitch dark so we just kind of found that little saddle and we camped there and yep. then we ended up working to where our base camp was going to be and then we realized oh we could have gone around and just walked up the bottom and then come straight up there <laughs> but hey anyway. you never know what's going to happen yeah. you know well that you know but i'll tell you what he so, always puts me in a good position yeah. no matter yeah. what that's it's it's for sure i mean i've i've been I've been fortunate enough to. We didn't really get to utilize the, 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 the coos deer and that you know that that, yeah, that that south hunt, that one we did. It got. We need a tr- redo on that we one. Do. We do. We do because that's redo. a good one. I tell you what, I've been on a couple coos deer hunts with this guy, and it took about two or three years. But I say the third year after we really got after it and found out what we were really doing, we took these horses up this trail, and it was the most 
the sketchiest trail I've ever been on horseback in my life. You remember that? Oh, yeah. It was straight rock, and it was probably 3,000 vertical feet up. And uh, we camped up there four or five days, and we took home, you know, a nice, nice, what was it, Boone and Croc Cousier? Oh, yeah. He, he killed, uh, I think it was 111. Yep. Nice buck. Beautiful nice buck. buck. Beautiful buck. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Coos is definitely one of those ones that, you know, 48 years old. And my efforts are really have switched. I'd like my daughter to have some more experiences. But it's time. You know, she plays volleyball. She plays basketball. She runs track, you know. Absolutely. And so it's, okay, how do you balance that? So right now we're doing some deer hunts and some stuff that's, you know, a couple days away from yep. How old is she? She is 14. Okay. And um, so, but for me, I'm, so that's a, a consideration. And I've actually been doing some rifle hunting too. And it's freaking fun. You hiking a little bit? Yeah. No, a little I mean, bit better shape? I mean, I'm in, I, I do okay anyway, but I mean, That's half of it, you know, taking the kids out there and then yeah. seeing those beautiful things. You know? But primarily being a bow hunter, as you know, yep. I wouldn't even pick up a rifle. But now, you know, it's still a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So I think as I get older, I'll probably do some more rifle hunts. With her, her first hunt I ever took her on was a bow hunt which was the stupidest thing in the world, <laughs> right? I mean, what are you doing? I, I got to think, of what she did, that's what she wanted to do, because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So then the next year, she drew a Wyoming uh, mule deer tag, and she killed her. Tanner and I took oh, her. Yeah, that's good for her. Was, good yeah. for her. So that was fun. Well, but, I was like, my doll sheep hunt this year, I had a, a bunch of people ask me, are you taking a bow? And I said, man, I want to go up, and I want to enjoy the hunt. I don't want there to be any stress. And we went up. Me and Tyler, my best friend, and we had the hunt of a lifetime, man. The hunt of a lifetime. The memories we made on that hunt will forever be ingrained in my mind. I mean, I didn't kill the bow, but that didn't take anything away from it, man. How many days did you hunt, though? You guys got after it, didn't you? uh, We we flew in five days early, and I killed my ram opening day. We, We stayed in camp, though, for five days prior to the hunt scouting. We were spiked in got dropped off by a plane in this uh in this big saddle and then i mean we scouted for five days looking for rams and then opening day we happened to get it so i mean we, we spent didn't see any legal rams though on the five days leading up to the hunt so i'm starting to freak out oh, yeah. you spend that much money on a and hunt like that, that for for three years yeah. i had booked it three years prior i can't imagine how beautiful it was Man, I got it all on film. I still need to get you all that footage. Still waiting on it. I'm pretty proud of it. We were watching it the other day. I've seen the shot. It's amazing. I took what I learned from you and Tanner and Lane, and I kind of did my own thing, and I think it came out pretty good. And and just if you get some basics, it's still okay for you. It's the way you saw it, and that's okay. And you can kind of tie those things together. So, yeah, that's fun. So what are you doing now? Uh, I work for him, honestly, in the fall. I'll guide hunt, spot for him, and, you know, do stuff like that for him. And then I substitute teach. Tyler's a hell of a cook. Are you? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'll go up and camp cook for a weekend and, uh, you know, whenever I have time. But I'm in school, so, and I substitute teach, so. What are you studying? Um, Education right now with an emphasis in general science. At NMSU? Yes, sir. 
Okay. We kind of changed that up, though. Yeah, we just now changed it up, honestly, in the past few days. Uh, me and Derek were talking about it, and I think I'm going to switch from education to fire science and become a firefighter just so it'll give me more, you time, know, off. more time off and I can go and hunt with him and do all of that stuff because, I, mean, I mean, that's where me and him make the majority of our memories. And, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy hunting with him, and it's one of my favorite things to do, so I feel like finding a career path that allows me to do that is really important. So I think that's what I'm going to switch to now. Cool. The hunting season's in the fall and the fire season's in the summer, right? Yes, sir. I mean... That works out. Yeah, so, I mean, you could trade shifts and work solid over the summer and have a month or two off, and then, I mean, I could go hang out with Derek in the mountains, and, I mean... Well, we need to back up a little bit. He was talking about going to the Air Force two months ago, and I had to have a little heart-to-heart with him and tell him that's not the route to go. Not for him. I mean, you know, there's... There's some Joes out there that you well, know, what, what we're was, happy to do that. What but. was your thinking behind that? Tyler's got so many opportunities, so many doors open for him. If the military is your only route, I understand. And it's not a bad route to Absolutely go. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not at all. But Tyler has so much potential. He's so smart. He could go and get his degree in whatever he wanted to do. Engineering, doctor, whatever. And I told him, I said, you're going to miss out on six years of your life with family that you're never going to get back. My grandparents are getting older. They're not going to be around forever. And I told him, I said, why don't you go back to school, finish school. And if you want to go into the military after that, go for it. But don't make this just spur of the moment decision to go into the military just because they're promising in the world and I and that's where we're at now and what did you what came, what how, what went through your mind as he told you that? I mean it was I mean he was telling me that I had Tyler telling me that and then Tyler's dad Alex both of them were talking to me about it and then I mean the military is not a bad place for anyone no. anyone in the world but when you've got the opportunity that you have I think you should take it and I mean that's and, all. and that's what they told me and I mean, we had a heart to heart. We were down there. Um, Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve. We had a we had a heart to heart. They sat me down, and you then could have called me. I was. You could have called me too. You were there. I could have come over there, and I could have <laughs> got <laughs> that. I could have got that out of the truck, what and I could have talked to him. <laughs> got me some of them red chili well, burros. Yeah, that's right. I uh, I think that everybody's different. Yep. And I think your personality, my personality, your person, you know. One thing I will say is I don't get up I'm, and bum to go to work. I don't do that. Yep. And I, I don't have a college degree. You know and I, I have been very successful in life, in regular business, not just in the hunting industry. Yep. And, um, but it takes some time to figure that out. Oh, know? sure. Because I've lot, had some jobs. I've had some odd jobs where I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, but a lot of that comes from being, how you're raised. For sure. If you work hard. If you do what you say you're going to do, if you're a man of integrity, and then if you set goals and go for them wholeheartedly, there's not much, there's not holding you back. So, and I've seen you, I've seen you grow up, basically, through his eyes, you know. Yes, sir. And seen you come to uh, sharing your adventures afar, maybe through a video screen where I'm looking at footage and, and, you know, because, you know, I think I've seen quite a few of your kills. 
you know, and um, especially Ibex. Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but South Peak guys, <laughs> That's right. But I think uh, I think that's that's okay. That's okay. And here's the other thing. My wife's a assistant principal, but she was the college counselor for the high school, right? The problem that comes is we've put ourselves, and this is just me talking, just one man's opinion, take it for who didn't finish college. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. But we've put ourselves into college is the only way, yet you have people who military. They need the structure of the military, military to, to make them successful. Then you have somebody who just needs a trade, who just needs to be able to find something they love, that they're good at. Their niche. Yeah. 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 And everybody's different. So... Yeah, I, that's glad. I'm glad you're doing that. I, uh, you know, you have a backup plan. You have the ability to look at this. It, I think that would be a fascinating degree, learning how fire, learning because you're probably going to also learn this. The, the, the ecosystem, the way fire affects ecosystems, for example. Absolutely. Well, that's good to know. I'd like to talk about that for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> granted, we've got the fire service, right? Amazing. The things that they do and their bravery is just beyond any other. But sometimes they're putting out these little fires, you know, that maybe should be doing a little bit more, you know. In California and stuff, and there's, there's so many regulations to the government now. And, like, now, and I just went to a meeting in Las Cruces the other day about the BLM, about how people were trying to literally buy these leases to shut them down forever. Because they don't want cattle on the property. You hear about this, Dave? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, let me let me just mention one thing. I did an article for Eastman's Hunting Journal back in the early 2000s. Yes, sir. They wanted me, since I was from New Mexico, they wanted me, because New Mexico in the 60s and 70s was the mule deer state. Oh, okay. I'm sure. And they wanted me to come back and see if I could peel the layers and say, why? Why was New Mexico such a mecca for big mule deer? As I went back and I started researching, what I found was, at the time, in the 60s, we did a lot of controlled burns. Yep. Predator control was... Predator control is key. Indiscriminate. Almost to a point of... Because there's got to be balance there. Almost to a point where, uh, you know, they were using the canisters, which would kill everything from yep. a skunk to an eagle. And everything in between. Mm. So now we created this ecosystem that had this perfect new prime forage coming from the burn. Young growth. Giving cover, giving prime forage, fawning. You know, we didn't have all of the uh, predators that are going to affect your fawn crops. And it was the perfect ecosystem for an explosion. Of mule deer. Of mule deer. And we saw that. I mean, when I was a kid, and I remember going out, matter of fact, your grandpa would go out, and he would, he, he would actually camp, well, he would camp right with us. Um, uh, and Nathan, I think Nathan came with us sometimes. But anyway, um, we would all see 160, 170 Like bucks. Little Dry Creek, all yeah, that area? all that area. Yep. I mean, it was great. We'd Hear go stories and then we'd, about and then, the heyday. And then we'd, we'd jump in the back of the Jeeps, and we'd go up these two-track roads, and then you didn't have binoculars. Oh, no, no, no. You just had a scope, and you'd work <laughs> ridges. And you everybody would see 160, 170-inch deer. Now, sometimes you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, <laughs> but if you could shoot, you killed a good buck. Well, how big was that buck Kip killed out there? No, that was Carr. Carr. 204. 204. First deer he ever killed. First deer. First deer. Oh, so wow. so here, here's the story. I had killed, I was 
14 and Carr was 15. This is your brother? My cousin. Cousin. Okay. So I had killed a four corn. Right, first year, right? Any first year is a great oh, year. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. You, yeah. And if I it's so brown, proud. it's down. Right. And, of course, Carr was a year older than me. And, of course, I'm 14, so I'm like, you know, and I'm the little runt. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was little. And um, and I killed a deer. Well, that's got to be hard on Carr. Well, the next year, I'm 15, he's 16. And we're up that little dry creek, and we working, and it's the middle of the day. So what do you do in the middle of the day? You usually go back to get a sandwich, you know, take a nap, take a nap right? And Carr and I are bored, so I, I, I said, I had this great idea. I said, hey, I got an idea. Let's work down this ridge, and you know how that country lays. You got your your juniper your juniper brush and all this on one side, and it's open with arroyas and mesquite brush on this side. So I, Carr Oak was... Oak brush. Yeah, yeah. Carr was going to walk this side. I was on this side. And I figured I'd jump the deer out, and I'd get a shot on the other side. And cars walking along, 15 feet, 15 maybe yards, probably yards. <laughs> but I hear this noise, and under this arroyo coming down to the main draw, a buck's bedded under a mesquite bush. He couldn't see him, but he jumps him up. Shoots him from me to those balloons, 20 yards. He didn't even know how big it was. Has probably. no idea. <laughs> and, of course, he ends up upside down in a big old mesquite thicket. And I run across. He didn't have a knife. Oh, <laughs> man. And I run across, right? We're, we're kids, you know? And I run across and end up, um, we end up pulling that buck out. And we have no idea how big Craft it is. yourself. Oh, shoot you out. <laughs> so... First thing Carr does is give me your knife. Hey, and he, Dad! And he slits his throat. We're by ourselves. There's nobody around. <laughs> just you gotta bleed him out. Yeah, right. Because well, that's what, downhill. You know. So he slits his throat. So then we end up. Kip hears the shot. So Kip works down the other ridge. He knows exactly where we're at. He works down the other ridge, and we see him. He comes down. We we get the deer. We end up uh, gutting it out. We drag it out. But we ruin the cape. Yeah. And this well, you, didn't is, know. you didn't know. Anybody. We didn't know. So we end up skull capping. We didn't take one field picture with that deer. No field photos. No, we didn't have a camera. Nobody had a camera. What year was it? What year was it? Uh, well, it was so eighty. He was fifteen. I was fifteen. I'm forty-eight now. So I graduated in eighty-nine. So let's say this was eighty-four. Four? Yeah. Who's? I mean, who cared then? You know? I mean, we. It was I guess all about we, the hunt. The only thing all we would have had was one of those box cameras that you buy at, you know, seven yeah, or whatever. Yeah. scrape them. But but we didn't even have one of those, and there's no phone or nothing. You didn't. You didn't have phones. You didn't have phones. No, there no, wasn't uh, any phones. So so it. Let's fast forward to. 2004, Kip and I sneak out that skull cap of his deer, which he still had in his barn, never mounted, right? We never got it, we never stretched the tape on it, right? And we had it mounted for him. Went 204. But you love that. Oh, it was, uh, but that, that's, the so in reference to you, what you said, that's exactly right. It's the, the heyday because of the circuit. Now, you don't see the control burns, which I agree with you, there's a point. Now, you get in a situation like Colorado where we got beetle, beetle kill. And kill all the pines. And, and so and these people have built these multi-million dollar homes in the middle of the beetle kill. What's gonna no, happen? Yeah. It's a tinder box. Tinder one, box. One spark and they're done. So we've encroached and yet we don't want it to burn, which it needs to. The only way to kill beetle kill is to have minus 
like minus 15, minus 20 degrees for like extended periods, like three to four or five weeks at a time. Oh, man. Okay, that's the only way. Or you got to burn it. And a forest, it's an ecosystem, it renews itself, and that's fire. Absolutely. But, I mean, yeah. my dad, he used to tell me the Corlitas Ranch, I mean, right by our house, he said when he first started hunting, uh, people would pay ungodly amounts of money to go out there and get taxed, and they'd shoot, you know, 200 plus inch mule deer. Boovis. Yeah. Used to be, people would come all over the all over the country to hunt the Uvis back in the day. And now, overhunted, poached, Ibex, prime example, mismanagement by Game and Fish, way overhunted. You get all these depredation hunts they've been doing. And I'll get hunters every year that draw a tag, draw a rifle tag, waited 20 years to draw it. And they're like, what are my chances at a 50 inch billy? Uh, zero. I'm not going to BS anybody. Your chances are zero. We're going to go out there. We're going to hunt the biggest billy we can find, whether it be 40, 43, 45. That's what we're going to hunt. But I saw, so obviously I'm not old enough to have seen the Floridas back in its heyday, heyday. But I saw it in the early 2000s when there was multiple 45-inch billies in a group. And now... I haven't seen a 45-inch since he killed what his you, muzzleloader billy. Needs to happen? They need to cut tags back. Bow hunters are getting too good. They're killing. They're wounding yeah. way wounding. too many. Wounding. wounding too many billies, but kill wounded. They're they're still killing too many on the bow hunts. Muzzleloader hunts. We I got think these. It's a state. They're giving out too many tags. We have 500-yard muzzleloaders now, and Tyler and I. We got we have that gun built by Russell but we spent a lot of time behind that gun we knew what the gun did and he killed his billy at 480 yards but you get these people to get these custom guns built they'll pay five grand for a gun and they think they can go turn the turret and they can shoot 800 yards and they can't and they, they, don't, don't, even under, know, they don't even know if they're hitting the target or not they don't understand the wind yeah they there. don't they don't put the time behind the gun that you know me and Derek did and the people who actually get out there and know what we're doing and you know have the ethics behind everything you know is our main backbone they don't get out and do it like we do so I mean before my muzzleloader Ibex hunt me and Derek we'd go to the range three four times a week you know for the prior two months before the hunt and I mean I was out I was shooting I was pie plating out to 600 yards so I mean you know we knew and then it but that's the main thing is in that steel plate you guys made and stuff like that people aren't they're going out and they're thinking they can shoot 500 600 yards with a muzzleloader or shooting thousand yards with a rifle or shooting 120 yards with a bow just because they can and they're wounding all these these upper age class animals and it's the age class has gone down 100 percent tyler's two biggest billies are like nine years old I don't think there's a nine-year-old Billy on that mountain right now. Your, his Billy was like six and a half, seven. Seven, maybe. Forty-two and a half inch Billy. One of the biggest ones on the mountain, I thought. Probably, yeah, definitely top ten on that whole mountain. And they're just killing that top age range. They're not allowing it to get back to that point. There's so many tags. They've got to fill that in. They're not going to. I've talked to some of the heads of Game and Fish, and they're... 
the uh, biologists know everything. They, but they're not up there on the mountain. It's also yeah. money for the state too. Man. When it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's it, it is it, it is tough. I mean, there's you you look at everything. There's always two sides to the coin. There always um, is. But there's some things that New Mexico has done well, and there's some things that just like Colorado. In my opinion, Colorado is one of the best mule deer management states. Elk? Not so much. I think New Mexico does a better job. Again, my personal preference, no disrespect to any Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department or New Mexico Fish and Game. No. None at all. But when you spend the amount of time that you guys do in the backcountry, eyes on animals, seeing the age classes, maybe you need to listen. Yeah. I would think that they would put that out and and the the problem is in today's society there's so many ways to get your voice heard it's not the old days where you you had to show up at the meeting to get your voice heard so many platforms yeah nobody shows up to the meetings that's the problem nobody they'll get a game commission meeting and nobody shows up people are mad because they're not happy with the way they're managing their elk or deer herds but nobody shows up and I don't know. We, a cup, me and a couple of my really close friends that are also outfitters that outfit on the Floridas. We've talked about it, going to these meetings. But so I guess I'm to blame too because I haven't I haven't gone and voiced my opinion at these meetings. But it needs to be it needs to be taken care of. So, Ibex again. You do a lot of that. A uh, lot of elk. Um, how was your elk season this year? Phenomenal, phenomenal. You still hunting a lot of Gila stuff? Only the Gila. Yeah. Which I try and explain the Gila to people, because especially Colorado hunter, you know, it's hard call, to explain. It's really hard to explain the topography, you know, it, the country. But when you go to come to Colorado, you're gonna see a lot of elk. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of elk, but there's not the quality that you know. Where you go to New Mexico, you won't see a third of the elk. But the, the maturity level, the, the size is so different. I mean, it's, it's really some, there's some it's, it's an amazing experience. When you can go out on a glassing point, Tyler and I went to this glassing point probably half a dozen times this year. Any given time, you can glass up 15 bulls, and three of them minimum are going to be over 350. It's unreal this last year was the best quality i've ever seen do you think it was because of the the rain the the rain i think it was a combination of a terrible year the year before there wasn't a lot of big bulls killed and then the moisture and those bulls exploded and we saw two bulls that were legitimate 390 bulls last year we went in on the first rifle hunt with those two bulls in mind first day this bull steps up 60 yards rifle hunt mind you and i'm like man i don't know that's not one of our hit list bulls he's like, i'm killing that bull boom shoots it get on the ground 378 is what he taped broken <laughs> and he's not a hit and that that wasn't even one of our hit list bulls me and derek on the archery hunts we'd spent uh, a solid three weeks in there on the archery hunts and i mean we had our hit list bulls and i mean we're looking at bulls we like derek said we had 
two legit 390 plus we had a 370 a 360 we had another 350 and then i mean we had another one that was busted and broken and older than sin this bull was wait well you probably saw the video lumber yes. that video i posted i have a lot of history with that bull man i we've hunted in there for the last four years and i watched that bull go from a 360 inch five by five down to just an old regressed just he probably wouldn't even score 310 now but he's old i mean i couldn't even guess how old that bull is probably 12 15 would be my guess but he rules that that whole area something about taking a big old hammer like that he would go and the up. Story behind it. He'd it's go up to a 350 bull, and it was like he'd look at him. Gone. That 350 bull would just cower down. He'd take his cows. We watched him do that for three weeks. He would be with a different herd almost every day. We saw him. He was just making his rounds. Man, it's just to think the stories that bull has living in the Gila for that long. Oh, I, and I mean, his bugle, too. I mean, we'd sit out on this glassing point, and we'd hear 20, 30 different bulls bugle. But, I mean, when you heard lumber bugle, it was, you knew 110%. That was you didn't him. have to look. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's lumber <laughs> from a 1,000 yards away. You're like, oh, there he is. But you need to come hunt that spot with me. I'm telling you. I'll get with you before, uh, before we tax, and I'll apply for it. You need to. Yeah. It's, March 18th. You know, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm cutting back on hunts, but I, they're going to be quality hunts. Yep. And so that's, that's what I'm going to do. Coos deer and Gila elk. That's on the hit list for us next. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, anything else going on? I mean, you, you've got a good crew working now. Wonderful crew, man. I'm just blessed to have the guides I have working for me. Just, killers. not even just killers, just good, good people, and friends, family. Uh, the guy when we were hunting coos, we were working down that fence line with Dad. Josh. 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 He's still working with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Top guide. It was really funny. Here we are. We're almost in Mexico, right? And we're working down this fence line, and it was funny on two counts because first seeing drug, seeing drug runners in the middle of the day yeah, in the bottom of the canyons he sees this guy it's and real. he goes oh that's Josh like he knows him right away and the guy walks up and t- come to find out he knew who I was because I met him at a Cabela's in Georgia I think it yeah was. Georgia and he's like Trevin and I'm, he's so like, he didn't even introduce you guys this is totally random no, random, that's totally random. random. Wow. and so the, 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 Josh is Hunter who, I think Josh was working for another outfitter because you didn't, you hadn't really officially sent, uh, no, kicked I off No, I hadn't started mine. And so he knows Josh. And the hunter, I had met him and his brother in in Augusta, Georgia at the opener, Cabela's Grand Opening. And here we are in the middle of nowhere in southwest New Mexico, almost to Mexico. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Small oh. world. Oh, yeah, me and Derek, he... Uh, I had some stuff to take care of in town and he was like, Hey, I got an archery I got an archery tag, like we're gonna go down, you know, right by the border and we're gonna go hunt and I was like, All right, cool and he was like, I loaded up your pack for you. He was like, We're backpacking in. I mean we get in there, he finds his buck. I mean we go after it and then I'm talking him in from this ridge as he's going in like in this wash 
then he shoots it, and then not 10 minutes after he shoots no, it. No, not even 10 minutes. We, we see this buck. We're going in after a coos buck that I'd seen on Tyler's muzzleloader hunt two months before. We were going in there to hunt that buck. So you and know I he's see, in there. Yeah, but I see this mule deer, and it's January 14th. So I got nice one day left. Nice and I look at this buck, I'm like, Dude, he's in a perfect place to kill him. We got one day left. I'm gonna go kill him. So I leave Tyler back there. I sneak in. I get over there. Shoot the buck. Buck runs off and I look over and this guy stands up in the middle of the skeets on a mic. Oh shoot. Or in the middle of a drug run or something and I pull up my binos, it's Josh. <laughs> He was after the same buck. I bet. I had no idea. Like, he oh, told me buck. he had that unit. He's a good buck. He had some deep forks. He's a good buck. He told me he was in there, and what the, buck, the buck died 10 yards from him. <laughs> no way. Yeah. 10 oh, yards. Yeah. He shot it, and then I'm watching it run away, and then I'm looking in the pen, and I see the buck go down, and I radio Derek, and I'm like, dude, it's dead. And then, I mean, in the same pan, I'm looking at, like, 600 yards with 15 power. I see Josh pop up, and I'm like, and he was like, good shot, dude. Hilarious. <laughs> I was like, so what are the chances that? He's like, yeah, we've been hunting that buck for eight days. I'm like, so I felt well, bad, I mean, but saw, at the same time, I mean, they it's missed not, him. It's not like the first time you saw him. They missed him four times. Oh, well, okay. 22 yards was the closest shot. your bow, shot. no? Yeah, that was with yeah, his bow. He shot bow. it at like, how far was it, 60, 70 yards? I think it was like seventy-eight. Yeah, he shot at seventy-eight. I'm watching. I'm watching through the through the binos, and then all I see is the orange of his fletching disappear right behind the shoulder. And I get on the radio right after he shot, and I was like, "Dude, it looked like a good hit here." That buck ran seventy yards, piled up, and I'm like, "Well, I got up there, and I set my limit at seventy-five yards. I'm not going to shoot further than that. I can shoot further than that, but I w- wasn't going to shoot at a deer. I just, you know." And I get up there, and I ran out of cover. I get to the last mesquite, and the buck stands up. And I draw back, and I get my anchor and everything, and I'm like, man, I'm solid on this thing. And I let it rip, and I knew, as soon as I touched it off, I'm like, that's dead deer. And I saw the arrow, and I just put my bow down, and Tyler gets on the radio, he's hit hard. <laughs> I was and like, oh, yeah. Josh stands up and right then Josh stands up. And Josh stands up. So what did, was he with a hunter then? No, he was hunting himself. Oh, and he had missed it four times. But he's super secretive about his spots, which everyone is. Oh, sure, sure. We'd seen his truck down there. There's something you can appreciate about making the preparation for something like that. Though. But in that spot we hunt, there's one parking spot. Because right. you can't camp overnight on state. Right. So there's one chunk of BLM. So I see his truck, and there's miles and miles Any to direction. hunt. And we end up hunting the same buck. I guess great minds think alike. And that's why that's why it works for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what are you looking forward to this next fall? Tyler and I are heading to Alaska in September for moose. Really? Yep. Archery. Oh, drop camp? Archery drop camp moose. Yeah, the pilot that took us in on um, on Derek's sheep hunt. He told us he was like. Uh, because, I mean, we talked with uh, Derek Stahl Sheep got about moose, and he kind of would never give he, us a straight answer. He was, he didn't want to book me on a moose hunt. 
because he knew I didn't need a guide for a moose. You don't have to have a guide for a moose in Alaska. So he was kind of standoffish, and I talked to my pilot. And I was like, yeah, I want to go hunt moose. And he's like, I'll fly you in. I'll fly you into a good spot. If you know how to hunt elk, you can kill a moose with a bow. So we're going up in September. How's your um, moose call? Oh, he said elk <laughs> or or not elk, moose are 10 times more stupid than elk. He said he landed his plane on a strip and when he was like when he was landing his plane, he saw this moose about 500 yards from the from where he landed and then he said he shut his plane off and then he started calling and 10 minutes later he had a big 50 like, yards from the big plane. Big moose 50 yards moose. from the plane. But they're when hunting you're way back, up there. I mean, how many people are hunting? Yeah, backcountry, remote, right. call receptive bulls. So we're heading up there in September. That's um, gonna be a blast. Huh? I'm getting a caribou tag as well. Yeah, might as well. I'm you're gonna up, take a yeah, rifle. I'm gonna take a rifle because wolf is wolf is all the time, I guess, up there. So I really do want to kill a wolf. So we've got that going this year. Speaking and, of wolves, you remember that wolf den that we came across in the Gila? Oh yeah, that was a good story. A story. I took him out archery antelope hunting in 16. We're stalking this buck and we came across a wolf den. The first time I've ever encountered that. We're on our hands and knees, you know, trying to get behind anything we can with those antelope. You know, it's a bow hunt. Just trying to get any, any, anything we can, just getting right in there. And we get down on this antelope down the bottom of this little, this little, little We're like bowl. 120 yards from the buck. Yeah. And, and I look to the down. right. The buck's laying down. Look to the right, and I'm like, um, I don't think those are coyotes. <laughs> and I look, and it was a mother wolf, wolf yeah. with three pups, and we're in the middle of them. And I start looking around, and I'm like, Derek, there's another wolf to the and left. And I'm holding there. a Montana decoy, antelope decoy. I'm like, um, and they're bristled up and. They're looking at us, and they're st- not scared. We start looking around. There's more and more wolves all around us. What is game fishing? Oh, there's... They're protected in the Gila. There's 50 wolves in all of Arizona and New Mexico is what they say. That's what they say. But I have trail cam picks every year. I get five to ten different wolves on camera in just 16 What are the odds a. of that? 16 a. Yeah, crazy. Um, When you go... Uh, get a hold of me, and there's some some new uh, uh, Montana decoy moose decoys. I'll get make sure you guys get. Heck yeah, those. heck because yeah, I we think appreciate that will, it. Especially with the bow, that will go a long way. Even yep. I mean, I think you can call them in within you guys' range. You guys are good shots, but I think in a situation where you are needing, to, might need it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you? What bow are you shooting? He's uh, shooting my Hoyt. I shoot his Hoyt. I had um, I had a Bowtech that I bought when I was like 13 before I actually. He needs a new up. bow because he's shooting my bow. Okay. But the best part is we're same so exact draw length, <laughs> yeah. yeah. point, and everything. He can he can pull my bow up off the rack and he can shoot it. Well, we'll see if we can't take care of that problem. So we'll get get a hold of me later. We'll, yes, sir. We'll Sounds good. I want to show you this. So this guy came. Oh by. shoot. Oh yeah. Are those so, the stocking mocks? Yep. Oh my lord. Because we real, have always real quiet, real quiet. Because we have always been like whenever you're whenever you're in, you know, within a hundred yards, we take our boots off and we're stocking in socks. But you, you 
dealing with then you cactus. get those stickers in your feet. Cactus yeah. won't go through that. You can ruin a pair of socks. You oh, get yeah. ca you get those fine cactus oh, yeah, you're needles. You're done. You throw them away. So this guy, he just I was standing right there in the Hoyt booth, and he he recognized me from um, when I took my Nebraska hunt when we do that stuff. One yep. of the guys had these, and so we showed it on the show and, and stuff. I've tried those uh, rim rock. Yep. I've tried those, but they're felt. Yep. So cactus still goes through. Yep. So he came over and he said, what size shoe do you wear? I said, I wear eight, eight and a half. These are nice. And he goes, hey, and he pulls them out of his backpack. So I'm going to try these this next year. Because sometimes just that last hundred yards. Yeah. You know. Oh, I mean, that's what it is. Whenever we get about a hundred yards, especially in elk, I mean, right. you're hunting that's them the in difference. the rut and they bed down midday and, you know, they bugle here and there out of your bed. That's when we kill the majority of the bulls but we he kill. Hand, he hand makes these. And um, he's in a position right now, he's getting so dang busy, he's going to have to probably expand his operation. He doesn't advertise at all. But I've never are, heard of him. People are getting to... So, get a hold of me, and um, because that would be a good something, a good thing for especially all the type of stuff yep. you do. Now, the Floridas... Not so I, much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, they worry that that rock will just eat them Whoa. alive. But if you're only using them on small portions, it's not like you're wearing them all day. You know, you how many how many times have you called me and go, dude, I can't get a pair of boots to last longer than eight months because I'm you're so much on the floor. Pretty much this guy every goes through pair of boots. Like yeah. Yeah. Right. No, those are sweet. Brett saying it, he actually made. I know, I saw those. Made a pair of those, and I asked him for the blueprint how to make them. Uh -huh. He wouldn't send them to me. He's like, <laughs> no, that's my secret. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me to, to, to fill you in on the backstory of some things that have happened with that. Gotcha. We won't go into that Sorry, yep. people. You, you don't get to hear the behind the hit scenes on <laughs> don't that. Don't hear it. But it, exciting. So you've got that. Then, you, then you're going to be going right into your normal hunts, and yep. depending upon what your clients draw. So I'm actually going, so I'm putting in for that Montana Unlimited Bighorn hunt this year. I'm going to go do that. Have you heard about that oh, yeah. one? Yeah, I'm gonna go do that this year. They're saying it's uh, that they're harder hey, you and harder need a guy? to find. But if anyone's gonna do it, you're gonna find it. All you I need to do is find one. I talked to Robert Hanneman, hunting fool, and he told me, he said, "You stick with it, three to five years, you will kill a legal ram." And I told him, I said, "That's all I need to know. If it's doable, I'm gonna go do it." Yeah, you'll do it. I mean, How cool we get is to go that? hunt sheep. I know. Get to go. I'm telling you, the more and more I hunt goats and sheep, it's just it's not, nothing quite like it. Yeah. It's addicting. Yeah, it's so it's addicting. A, you know, and I and I look at, 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 at Ibex and the challenge that Ibex was, especially the way I wanted it. It, it would have been different. If I didn't have two guys following me around and we just went and killed an Ibex, okay, it's different. I'm not saying I would have done it any different, but I, I think I would have had a much better chance. And we still almost got it done with all the camera crew. We were Close. You know, we got Close. Close. 40-something yards. Yeah. Yeah. This guy and needs to start carrying a camera wherever he goes. Yeah. You remember that coming down that, when we were coming down on those three bills, I think you had just gotten back. You'd been somewhere, and you came back, and you were sitting in the truck, and we were coming down on those three-bedded yep. billies when that outfitter came running. Oh, yeah. Yep. Freaking. They got that whole thing leased up this year. You can't even hunt the small Floridas. The, the, really? No. Yep, they leased it up this year. All How? How? And they're I buying it up, public. right? Okay, they're buying it up, so right? that's that's where it gets kind of tricky because there's an easement that goes through there. Easement by prescription, but they've locked all those gates. But I thought 
the law in New Mexico was if it's too public land, I thought it was in New Mexico, you had to provide During hunting access. season? Only for service. Oh. But the thing is, easement by prescription. So their Game of Fish has lawyers on it right now. They're trying to get it reverted because it's not right. Like going in behind the Adobe Deli, all that, the cattle guard where we used to glass, you can't get in. There's signs posted up. Gates up. All private. Interesting. You know. yeah, did you know my grandpa killed his first deer right behind A-Mountain? That's where he killed his buck this year. These my guys big, are telling me, these guys are telling me about big deer on A-Mountain. I was 19? like, no. Yeah, yep. that was, I like, I mean, the only really decent deer tag that I've had prior to my 19 tag this year was that bird. Nine hunt. years old. Yeah, I was nine I mean, that was my first big game animal, and he was the one who took me out. He was like 16. Right. And I mean, he took me out and got me on like a 140 buck, just an old mature buck, and I smoked him, and then we went out, and then I got like a one, uh, probably mid-160s buck. It was about, yeah, right behind a mountain. Isn't it? But to me, that's pretty cool. The sense of fulfillment, though, getting, getting to hunt, getting to hunt in your backyard where you grew up. We went out. We spent nine days scouting. We, we knew pretty much every buck that was in that area. I thought, opening day of the hunt, brand new buck showed up, and that's the one he ended up killing. Yeah, I mean, I'm a glass and two and a half miles away. Nice it's like, deep forks on that buck. Yeah, it's like 80 degrees, and I'm glassing through Derek's BTX, and I was like, dude, I... Uh, he had I some got earth a, on him, too. Yeah, I was like, I got a, I got a buck spotted, and then we had one of uh, one of our other buddies, Riker Graham, Joseph Graham. Yeah, his boy. He was coming out, and he was helping us, and then uh, we told him, we were like, hey, Riker, like, you know, drive up this road and get a closer look at this buck. Like, we can't really tell what he is from where we are. And then he sends us pictures, and he was like, I think you guys need to come shoot this buck. So we go over there, take a look at him. I'm like, that's a dang nice desert buck. Yeah. Went up there. It's a little brow tines on too. 225-yard shot. Boom. Nailed him. That's awesome. That's awesome. That I drew that tag. You want to tell know. the rest of well, that story? It was, t- it was right before I, I hunted Ibex with you the first time. Yep. And I got on bucks right behind a mountain with my bow, but I couldn't get to them in those cattails because they were in those. The, and I, in I the just, flat? Yeah. Yep. I couldn't get into them. Because I could have shot him with a rifle, but it's I could, so tall I, in there. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's just rip ship. So then we went to like Bishop's Cap and some of that country. Got on some good bucks out there. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, well, the biggest buck we saw was down there below the Sierra Vista Trailhead, like down in that flat, right off what is it, Baylor Canyon and Dripping Springs, right in that yeah. cat claw flat, and that buck would disappear for days. And then he'd appear right where we left him. And I think he just, he got in there in those arroyos. I don't think he ever left. You know who runs the backside of the fish's cat? For cattle. Yep. Yeah. Wonder what's wonder what's hanging out back there. Well, I, I know that, you know, you talk about the off-range orc stuff that you do. I mean, you, you, kill, you guys kill a bunch of off-range orcs. And people don't realize you can apply in, you know, by month, like you went with uh, Sean Greathouse. Yep, June. Killed, killed a, in June a great orange with his bow. Yep. I mean, how many people kill? I mean, a lot of people kill stuff off range. Let's who do honest. you know has but killed an ibex? 
and a Barbary and an Oryx. No, Non-resident. No, no, take that back. I'm not going to say anything Oryx about that. Rifle. 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 But then he comes with you, kills a Barbary sheep with his bow. Opening day. What's up with that? Tell Man, me about that. that. I, he told me a little bit about that. That was pretty cool. It's got to be that luck, was, right? <laughs> that was one of the most oh, epic on, hunts right. I've ever been on. <laughs> we get in there. We drive around, and my players, we got there like 1 o'clock that first day. Drove around, kind of looked around, didn't see much. Going there the next day, and I told them, I said, we're going to go on a long walk down to the canyon where there's always rams. We get down in there, bump a herd of ewes, watch them go across the canyon. I was like, man, I don't know. And Sean kept saying, ah, I think we need to go further this way. We need to go further this way. I said... Sean, I'm telling you, there's rams in this canyon. We're not seeing them right now, but they're here. Two hours later, we look back at that herd of ewes, and there's a ram, a mature ram. And I'm looking at him like, I think he's worth going after, man. They bedded in a perfect spot. Sean was a little bit leery. He's like, I don't want to burn my legs out. You're with your bow? Yeah, I don't want to burn my legs out opening day. He's like, that's a long ways over there. I'm like, Sean, can't kill him if we don't try. He's like, you know what? Let's go. So we go across the canyon, get over there. I leave Dalton, one of my other guides, on the other side to spot. And we get up, and we're making good time. About an hour and a half to get across the canyon. We're going up. We're almost to the top of the ridge, same ridge the ram's on. Dalton gets on the radio. Hey, he just got up. He's going dead away from you guys. And Sean's beat down. He's like, man, we just, we blew it. We just spent an hour and a half getting over here. I was like, let's just stay with it. And Dalton calls me on the radio. He's like, hey, that ram just bedded all by himself right on the south, south-facing slope of that ridge, 50 yards off this top. And I looked at Sean. I said, you ready to go kill a ram? And he was like, <laughs> I'm ready. So we get over there, it took about 30 minutes to loop around. We get on that same ridge and Dalton's talking to me and he's like, all right, you guys are directly in line. The Ram's directly in line with me and you. Go over. So I told Sean, I said, time to be quiet. Start creeping over, it takes, off, takes off his quiver, hands it to me. And we get over and I'm filming all this with my phone. Get this. So I'm filming it, and I get over to the edge, and I look, and I see the ram bedded facing dead away. I'm like, oh, can't get any more perfect. 60 yards. I got Sean Greathouse behind the bow. Yeah. That's, that's I got Sean Greathouse behind the bow and a ram bedded 60 yards. And he tells me, he's like, should I shoot him better? I said, no, we got all the time in the world. 2 p.m. We got plenty of time. Let's just sit here and wait up. Why? Well, add my Leica rangefinder that doesn't do the angle compensation under a certain distance. So I told him, I said, hey, give me your rangefinder real quick. It wasn't much of a slope, but I didn't want anything to go wrong. So he hands me his rangefinder. What does the ram do? He gets up and he starts walking right at us, right in mid-swap. So I put my phone in my pocket. After I've just been filming all of this, put it in my pocket and the ram's walking right at us. And so I like tuck my rangefinder in my pocket and I'm standing straight up Sean's kneeling knocked on 
clipped on everything, ready to go. The ram just keeps walking and I'm ranging. I'm like 50, 40, 30. And the ram goes behind the yucca and Sean draws. And I didn't even range after that. I'm like top pin, he's dead. Shoots him, quartering to him, whop. Three quarters of the arrow buries in his chest. I'm like, that's a dead ram. Sean looks at me, he's like, did I hit him good? I'm like, man, you hit him right through the shoulder. Arrow went three quarters of the way and there's no way he's walking that off. And so Dalton gets on the radio, he's like, hey, he just bedded like a minute later. And Sean's freaking out. He's like, man, do you think he's gonna die? I said, barbary sheep don't bed after you hit them, unless they're hurt. I've shot them three times with the rifle and they've gone 200 yards. If that ram bedded, 50 yards from us he's hurt and Dalton gets back on the radio he's dead he's rolling down the hill we go up there man and just one of the most fulfilling hunts I've ever guided in my whole life I've guided archery ibex you name it I've guided but that hunt with Sean Greathouse was and you can't you can't hunt with a better guy no he is you you know you were with him when he killed his ibex uh, with a bow you were with him uh, you know he killed a great oryx Yep. Who cares with whatever you know off-range orcs yep. rifle, and then to go and kill a Barbary sheep, you know, freaking with a bow. Public land. Public land. Yeah, that's awesome. No, it was, it was awesome, man. We walked up to it. I off to show you the footage. I filmed Sean as he's walking up to it, man, and just the sincerity of that guy. He's down to earth. One of the greatest guys I've ever met. Oh, yeah. One of my. He's one of my closest friends. For sure, for sure. Couldn't have happened no. to a better guy. No, couldn't. couldn't. Well, no. Guys, I think that's what, that, you know, you tell that story, and when when you look at, at people ask me all the time, well, what should I look at in an outfitter? What do I look for in a guy? And I'm like, man, you got to look past the videos. The social media. You got to put, and you got to look at Trump the person. Views. And that's where you, a guy that'll work for you, but and you can you can get along with them. It's easy to get along with, you know. That's that's the key because that's where you're gonna find success, and that's gonna make the memories that last a lifetime. I tell oh, you what, absolutely. I've been down, I've been down in the depths, you know, hunting a couple days, you know, a weekend, and Derek Harris will give me a little bit of confidence, and that's just what I need. You know? Maybe we'll a little there. bit, a little bit of a butt chewing yeah, to stop missing, just but a little bit something like so just whatever you need you know but at the same time you know he's feeding you taking care of you he's always giving you a shot and that's what i love most about Derek. it's the great confidence it's the good vibes and it's you, you always got a chance yeah that's what i love about as South long Peak as you're Cancer. out there and that's how we hunted ibex you know it was a grind it was a grind but you just had to get up every day yep. every day and you know i learned a lot about myself um and with hunts like that you will but I still remember one of the, the la- we would laugh so freaking hard, whether it was at Tanner or, you know, whatever. We would just sit and laugh so stinking hard. It was fun. It was a good time. It was a good time. I wish Tanner was here. He was actually going to come. Yeah, um, I was looking forward to seeing yeah, him. Yeah, well, and then he, for something to happen, he was going to fly out of Montrose to here and then drive back with some friends. And I don't know what happened, but last minute he couldn't make it. So. Dang it. Yeah. You know what? Next on Sean's hit list, what? Forty-inch Billy with a bow. If anybody can do it, he can. 
I told him he put in last year, didn't draw. He's bound to draw that October hunt again. And I told him, I said, if anybody can do it, it's you. Well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. If I get through these four years and when it's, you know, when, when I'm freed back up, I'm probably gonna put in for that October hunt again. You need to. Because, and I might do, I'll film it, but I might do a different little idea of film. There might be a thing when it's like, okay, it's go time. Go time, and we'll let's film kill it something. From, away, from far away type of thing. I'm Versus telling you, we can get two guys in. It just, we oh. can kill a Billy in October with a bow. So last year, or two years ago now, I guess, when Brett had the tag, Brett killed his second day. Charlie, my other guy, or my other hunter, shot one, wounded it, didn't find it. I think I sent you the pictures yeah. of the blood trail. Don't know how we didn't find that Billy. It Is that was that big one that went up on the... On Whiteface. Yeah. yeah, that was with the, the blood wicked trail blood trail. Was and you flew Unbelievable. And yeah, after the hunt was over. You probably and just crawled in a little cave, you know. I went over there and flew the drone on that dome looking for him. Man, couldn't find him. Don't know. I don't know what happened. And then my last hunter, he shot a billy. 52 yards feeding, walking, and he led him. And that was his mistake. He put it right on that that stripe right on the front of his shoulder right where he hit him Those little guys are tough if he would have just aimed behind the shoulder it would have been a dead billy but that October hunt yeah it's killer yeah uh, you know it's funny because Garrett and I were talking about that October hunt and he's like I'm not going not with the snakes oh they're not that bad <laughs> and that's exactly snakes. what I said I'm snakes like, you want to hear about snakes oh, they're like, not that bad I mean we even saw them in December but they were so lethargic but the, you just, I mean, it's just like, but we grew up in that country. Yeah. And, and. Oh, yeah, you know, there's snakes there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. Didn't you sit on one in on that Almost. January hunt? On the January hunt, I came over and there was Ibex right below us. Lane and I were actually sitting there. And Lane was running camera and he was behind me and I snuck out because there was uh, Ibex below us. Right, you know, 150, n nothing I was going to shoot at. So I put my bow down and I was just watching him. And I looked down in the crack. And there was a rattlesnake about that big. Rock rattler. Yeah, rock it was rattler. one of them little rock rattlers. Yeah, and he was stretched out trying to get as much sun as he could. He was really lethargic. And I'm like, ooh, okay. And I moved over a little bit. But In January with snow on the ground. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that happened to my dad. He was climbing up the mountain one one time when he had an archery hunt. And then he put his, you know, put his hand up on a cliff and he was pulling himself up. And he got, you know, his eyes to his hand level and about four inches six inches from his hand one of the little rock rattlers was curled up and luckily he was lethargic enough that he didn't get bit but i mean who knows yeah. well i why don't I, you tell uh, about that snake story we got <laughs> biggest rattlesnakes i've ever seen ever seen. the unit 26 this is like the biggest den, biggest den biggest den that's I've where ever, we were at right biggest den i've ever yeah. seen yeah uh, where we where we were gonna hunt Christian. yep we walk up and tyler looks at me he's like hey bud Come look at the snake. <laughs> and I'm like, I've seen snakes. I don't need to go look at another rattlesnake. One rattlesnake. He's yeah. like, no, bud, come look at this thing. And I walk over there, and I look down, and this thing, I'm not kidding you, was like six feet, legit six feet long. As big around as my wrist. And oh, I'm like, bigger than that, dude. Big as your bicep. And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I go down there. 
like off this bluff and I'm over there videoing it and Tyler goes, watch out, dude, there's another one. Well, I look but that's to not even left. a big one. I walk, I'm looking over there and I was like, no, it's a snake skin. And he's like, no, in the bush. And I look and there's a bigger one coiled up as big as my bicep. Biggest snake I've ever seen in my life. His head literally was as big as my Fist. top of my hand. Yeah, dude, like this. And I was like, holy cow. And He must have been seven feet. He was so I get giant. footage of it. and All that day, we had snakes all around us. We were in the middle of a den. We probably so, saw 30 snakes, 35 snakes. So we go up further. Snake, snake, snake. I'm like, this is my glass point. <laughs> we got to get out I, of here. Yeah. I was like, we got a glass from here. And I saw a couple more. I'm like, yeah, we're no, getting we're out of here. We're getting we're out of here. We were sitting down. I, I was sitting down, glass, and I had a snake to the right, snake to the left. I was like, take the snakes everywhere. There's a point where you just, <laughs> caution is the better part of right. that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's time to I've go. I've never seen that many snakes and that that Never seen snakes. anything like that before, though. I mean, I went Same back, area, same area. Back to Robert Major's shop, Chris Metters that works for him. He's a herpetologist. I was telling him about it because he studied all snakes and all the reptiles and everything and he's like oh yeah you found you a snake den he's like take me back down there i was like i'm not going back down there you can go back down there i'll, I'll drop you an onyx waypoint or something <laughs> <laughs> but, right but maybe not because then you'll know my coos deer spot yeah, but there was a bear den right there too where all the snakes were at you know, it's yeah. funny you go, you're down there you're literally right on that mexican border and you don't know what you're going to see. And, yeah. uh, for sure, mountain lion. We, know we saw it. drug runners that trip, too. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a unique environment down there. I love it. I'm, People I miss hunting down yeah. there. People don't understand how you know easy it really is to just to get across the border in those in those wretched lands. You know? uh, you're know. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, though, coming back in the day, you know, mid-1800s, just what came through there i mean the, finding the, water dude just finding, finding water well yeah. but yeah you got your indian you got your, you got your Indians, yeah. you, i mean you know you never know which tribe you're going to encounter yeah. it's not fond of you coming through there right. or banditos what banditos are you going to do <laughs> Pancho Villa. Well, guys, thanks for sitting down with me. It's always you fun. Bet, Absolutely. It's been a blast. Uh, let everybody know uh, your social media. Um yeah, so on it's, IG. Yep. Instagram, Derek74, and South Peak Guide Service on Instagram and Derek Harris, Facebook. Okay. Uh, SouthPeakGuideService.com. Look us up. I think it's important for people to understand in New Mexico, um, there is a percentage of non-residents tax set aside, but then if you apply with Derek at South Peak, um, you go through Derek, um, it, your odds actually increase. Um, yep. and, and then, of course, you get... Extensions. South Peak Guide Service to, to help you too. So you know it, you, your your actual drawing odds do increase when you go through with an outfitter. So it Absolutely. is a really good idea if you want to be successful on one of these amazing adventures, whether it be heal and you still got to draw the tag. Let's, whether you're in state, out yet, state, it doesn't matter. I've been, how long have I been gone from cruises? Um, Nineteen years. I have yet to draw a elk tag in Colorado and in New Mexico. I think this I've is the year. I've drawn two ibex tags, but I have yet to draw a, uh, an elk tag. So, it, but it's one of those things. You you just got to play the game. I oh, put absolutely. in with I put in with Derek every year, and I have I have yet to not draw a tag in the last ten years. Are you a resident? I am time? a resident. Yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. Well, but, but he puts in bit, under the outfitter. Oh, he does. But when you put in under the outfitter pool, you you so you and I are in the same pool, even though yep. I'm 
Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. that I thought, yeah, the, I thought the, with the resident nope. you still get. No. Nope. Okay. So no, that's 10%, the good part about the outfitter pool. 10% exactly. of tags go to the outfitter pool. Non-resident, resident, doesn't matter. And then 84% to residents. Which I'm okay And then 6% to non-resident, non-guided. How can it be 84% and you can't draw an IMAX tag? You're telling me? I don't know. There's a conspiracy. Yeah. They know I kill gotta, IMAX. You gotta I don't keep know. on, keep on, keep it on. They're like, well, Ty, he's killed so many. Maybe we shouldn't let Derek have a tag. <laughs> me and Tyler so Harris might be the most lethal IMAX hunter in the in, in not 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 alone this state. <laughs> so me and my uncle Nathan, he drew that archery tag for IMAX in January, and I went with him a couple of days. This and he's last like, year. Yep. Again, just so that was two weeks ago. So fifth. Fifth time. Fifth time. And he's like, how many times have you applied? I said, well, I think this was like my 17th, 18th year putting in, I don't know, I lose track. And he's like, why don't you just put in with me this year? <laughs> so we're reevaluating my IBEX strategy and putting right. in with Michael Nate this year. And we're going to put in October bow hunt. Yeah. Muzzleloader first choice, October bow hunt. Well, but call it. me, there's nobody else I'd rather hunt with. And that's what we're going to do. Because he can draw some Ibex tags. That's what I told my dad. Um, We were working over the summer, and uh, he was like, man, I don't know um, know what hunts I'm going to put in for. Then I was like, no, just put it on my app. I was like, if we draw, like, I'm dragging you to go. Like, I'll work for you and make sure that you got, you know, you got enough time, you know, tear out and head out with us. So they drew the best elk tag in the state. (laughs) And we put in on the same Long story short, drew the best, and... I can't draw. But well, you do get to be part of those hunts, and that is pretty special. Yep. I mean, honestly, I get I get just as much of a kick of shooting oh, stuff sure. myself is going out with him when he has a tag right. and helping him and seeing him shoot stuff. Like, I mean, I get just as big of a kick. Right. And, I mean, I wouldn't trade him having a tag or me having a tag for the world. I mean, the memories that we make when we go out, they're oh, just... Right. They're, yeah. yeah. That's what sure. it's all about, yeah. South Peak Guide Service. You know, it's a family. For sure. It's great. Sure. Well, guys, thanks again. And for you listeners, as always, man, these are wild places. If you haven't ever hunted in New Mexico, you need to look at that. South Peak Guide Service. Find that wild place that inspires you and embrace it. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail. God bless America.